Hello, you are listening to Beyond the Briefcase, a law school podcast with Sarah and Meg. Over the next few episodes, we are going to be delving into our Getting Into Law School series. We're going to be exploring a few of the big milestones of the application process. This week, we're going to be talking about our own pre-law experiences, our education history, our extracurriculars, our work experiences, what drew us to law, as well as when we knew we would apply. So to start off, for those of you that from the get-go, from high school, you knew you wanted to get into law school, we're going to give you a bit of tips and tricks that could help you potentially when it comes to applying. So build up your autobiographical sketch and just, you know, have the experience necessary to build the skills that you're going to need in law school. So first off, of course, extracurriculars and volunteering are going to be an important part of that. Do not worry, you do not have to go, you know, be extreme about this. You don't have to work or volunteer several, several hours a week. What's important is that you focus on things that you like and that can help you develop the skills that schools are going to be looking for and that eventually your references are going to be able to attest to. So some of these skills are leadership, interpersonal skills, oral and written language proficiency, research skills, problem solving, and organizational skills. Um, So for example, myself, I just want to go over some of the volunteering that I did both in high school and in undergrad just to kind of merge it together. Um, So one important thing to note also is that your volunteer experiences don't need to be related to law. That is not going to be detrimental for you. None of mine were related to law, and here I am. I'm going to U of T in August, so it's not a necessity. Of course, if you want to join a law-related extracurricular, go ahead, go for it, but don't feel like you are going to be penalized if you don't. And at the end of the day, it's it's what Sarah said. You have to pick something that you are interested in and work hard at developing that passion. That's all that there is to it. So for instance, if you're really into music, if you're really into photography, if you're really into cooking, if you're really into charities and volunteering like that, there's no need to artificially convince yourself to do debate, right? Pick something that you're really, really interested in and work on that over the course of a couple of years. I think that's a much better strategy. Yeah, exactly. And so you'll see even with my volunteer experiences, they really match what I was doing at the time. So for example, as I mentioned, I believe last episode, I did my undergraduate degree in psychology. So one of the big volunteer experiences I used and kind of explained for my application was that I worked at a call center, a distress center, um, as a call agent. So basically, I was responding to calls from people with varying levels of distress with different psychological problems. It really depended. Some of them could have been suicidal. Sometimes they were just lonely and wanted someone to talk to. And so I did that for people across the province of Quebec. And that's something that I think was a very good addition to my application because I was able to show that I had very strong interpersonal skills that way. I was able to develop active listening. And that's very important and actually very applicable to law if you're going to go into litigation, for example, and you're going to have clients because you're going to be able, you're going to need to, sorry, build a strong relationship with them. And for me, you know, what was really interesting is when I started high school, 
I was really, really determined to do clubs like Debate and Model UN. And to be honest, after a couple of sessions, after a couple of months in, in grade nine, I knew that those specific clubs were just not for me. The personality of my teammates, the kinds of expectations that I needed to put in, that I was expecting out of other people, it just, it just didn't click at all. But one club that really, really um, drew me in was um, mooting and was mock trial. I started that in grade nine. I did it all four years of high school and I was the captain of the team for grades 11 and 12. What was really great about that experience though, and I, and I laugh because, you know, we got to put on our little suits and high heels. We got to wear, uh, wear our little robes and our little collars. Um, a lot of it was just playing. A lot of it was acting. I look back on that sometimes with thinking, cringing a little bit, because I think we were, we were really big, big in our britches. But two, what was wonderful was just having that opportunity to make friends, of dedicating time before and after school, where we got to work on, um, we got to work on cases, we got to work with a couple of lawyer coaches, um, we got to meet other people from Ontario, from North America, who are really passionate about mock trial, um, and that was wonderful in and of itself. Um, so that, 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 you know, that was my high school experience. And what, what's wonderful too is, you know, I went to a, I went to a public school and um, it was really my first exposure to the kinds of expectations that regular lawyers had in the field. Um, I don't come from a family of lawyers. Um, I don't have really anyone in my immediate circles, you know, in my immediate family that does anything like that. So working with a criminal defense lawyer, working with a family lawyer, working with um, people who would in a couple of years apply to um, apply to law school. Those were all really, really formative um, experiences for me. That being said, while I did mock trial, I also did a bunch of um, musical endeavors, right? I, I was part of, um, I was part of concert band. I was part of jazz band. I was part of choir. Those had absolutely nothing to do with law club mock trial whatsoever. And I actually found that to be really, really enjoyable. Again, you know, something that hopefully we can talk about more, maybe in a separate episode is how to, you know, how to balance your interests, how to balance your career from your personal life, how to balance your hobbies and your passions outside of, you know, outside of um, any kinds of career interests. I find that to be really, really quite important. Um, so, you know, that, that's my experience in, in my four years of high school. Exactly. And what's important to remember is that law schools, they want a diverse student body. So having all of these other interests and passions, like Meg was talking about when it comes to music, it's very, very important. So don't limit yourself and don't, um, you know, worry or stress if you don't get to have those experiences with a lawyer immediately, all of those other activities that you've been doing, your hobbies, there's ways to explain them and to use them as proof of having these this skill set that is necessary for law. And for some reason, if you are in high school right now listening to this episode and you are extremely, extremely over eager, I might say, a little, a little too type A. Let me just say, if you don't have a mock trial team at your school, 
if you don't have a school newspaper, if you don't have a kind of club that you think you would be really, really interested in, go ahead and just pick a friend and start that start that team, start that club. I want to give a quick um, shout out, a quick plug to uh, this wonderful organization that partners with many law schools. Uh, it's called Law in Action Within Schools. The acronym is, um, is LAWS. And they are a wonderful um, organization that works with um, students, works with high school students through innovative law and justice education. So if you are a high school student, you are really interested in starting a mock trial team, go ahead and um, search up law in action because you will be able to be paired up with law students as well as with uh, lawyers if, if you're in Ontario. I think that will be really, really useful. So moving on to your undergraduate degree, because we all know that we have to complete one before applying to law school. So there is this preconceived idea, I feel like similarly to students who want to go into medical school, that you need to go into political science or legal studies for your undergraduate degree to be able to get into law school. But that is not true. In order to get into law school, you just need a bachelor's degree. It really doesn't matter what um, you know field it's in. You need, of course, and to complete the LSAT and to have, you know, an adequate LSAT score. And then you need to complete the application. So all that comes with with your personal statement, potentially diversity statement. So there's really no mandatory program for undergrad. Actually, there was a study conducted by Marks and Moss in 2016 that showed that your major, so the actual program that you're in for your undergrad, has no predictive value for law school success. So knowing that, Everyone, just choose a major that you're interested in. It's going to keep you motivated. It's going to keep you studying. And it's going to help you achieve the grades you want a lot easier. Because if you're not actually interested in the field that you're studying, it's going to be a lot dif more difficult to stay motivated. You might start procrastinating. And that, of course, eventually can affect your academic success. Yep. So, Sarah, do you want to remind our listeners what uh, what what was your program in undergrad? Oh, yes. So um, my program, at least the one I graduated with, because I did switch programs a few times, uh, was psychology. So it's not necessarily, you know, the first major you'd think of when you're thinking about someone who goes into law. Yeah. And mine was English lit. Mine was um, English literature and history. Uh, I specialized in early modern literature. So again, you know, I, I went to graduate school for a couple of years. I did not think that I was going to be going to law school, but I had a wonderful time. And actually looking back on it, hopefully we'll talk about this maybe maybe later on, I think it was an incredibly useful major to, to be working on. I think there are other um, opportunities in undergrad besides the courses, besides studying, besides the actual grades that you can really take advantage of in your four, in those four years, those four or five, six years, however, however long you're an undergrad. One of them, for instance, is if you have the opportunity to, to shadow a lawyer, that can be very, very useful. Um, hopefully on in a later episode, when we talk about how to build a network, we can talk about um, cold calling. I think that's the term, right? Yes, cold calling, cold emailing. Mm -hmm. You can attend real life trials, at least in um, Ontario, we have the ability to do that. You can take part in mooting. I think what's really useful too is I was actually um, in undergrad as well, part of part of a chorus, part of the, uh, the Heart House Chorus at the University of Toronto. And 
I got to meet several people who were in law school, as well as several lawyers、um, who went to U of T Law. So you would be surprised if you're interested in athletics, if you're interested in theater, if you're interested in academic research. You would be shocked at how many people are in law school, are interested in law school, who are lawyers, who actually are part of those extracurriculars. That's the whole point, right? You can concentrate on your grades, you can concentrate on your courses, but by no means let that be、um, the be all and end and, and all of your undergraduate experience. I would say that that would even be that would even be hindering your experience and your、um, abil- ability to get into law school. Definitely, they're going to be looking for someone who's well-rounded. And what Meg was saying about you know just stay open and be willing to kind of meet with different people, and that way you know. At places maybe you least expect, you'll be able to to meet people that could eventually help you get into law school, help you get a career later on, and that's really something we're going to touch in on in a later episode with building a network because you never know when you're going to meet the person that's going to basically open the biggest door for you. So it's important to keep that in mind. A hundred percent. And of course, no mandatory courses, no mandatory majors, no mandatory programs. But we were talking about this, and we realized that what might help. At least with the LSAT process, and that's going to be a separate episode next week,、uh, or, or the, the next episode. A couple of courses that might help you are university level English, right? Some kind of、um, English course, and I'm not just saying that because I was an English lit major,、um, as but as well as some logic courses as well. That might also be helpful,、um, at least when writing the LSAT. Definitely, and just a little. A tip for those logic courses: oftentimes they are going to be a part of a philosophy major, so it's going to be an intro to philosophy, and、uh, they're going to talk about the basics of logic, and that can really, really help for some of the sections of the LSAT. And Sarah, let me just ask you,、um, because I can only speak for an undergraduate experience at the University of Toronto. What was the ease that you had、um, in terms of Carleton and, and U Ottawa, in terms of picking and choosing specialty courses that didn't necessarily Um, belong to your major. So what I mean by that is, you know, if you're taking, if you if you're in a psychology program, what was the ease in which you had to pick and choose other courses that might only be tangentially related to that? Yeah. So I feel like that depends on basically the popularity of the major. So since I did psychology and that's a social science. I actually did a lot of introductory science courses, physics, chemistry, and those were very hard to get into. Actually, part of the way I got into them is that I originally went into the Bachelor of Science in Psychology and then switched to the Bachelors of Social Science because that was the only way to get in because they were reserved for science majors. When it comes to psychology or English. I didn't have a problem. I think part of that was maybe because my program was in the social sciences, but for the most part,、um, these are basic kind of fundamental courses. So they're usually very large class sizes as well. So there are a lot, I would say, at least with my experience, easier to get into. Yes, I ask that question because U of T has the ability to have a specialist program, meaning you can basically, if you're interested in English lit, you can basically take all English lit courses. And unfortunately, that's kind of what I did. I did not take many logic-based courses, and as a result, when I wrote the LSAT, I found the logic games and the reasoning sections to be really, really, really quite difficult. So one thing that I kind of、um, 
not necessarily regret, but if I had the ability to redo the undergrad, if I had the ability to take, you know, more courses at that kind of level and write the LSAT again, which I will never do. <laughs> but if I had the ability to do that would be to um, force myself to be a little more adventurous in uh, taking a couple of courses that uh, target target the weak spots um, in, in my own abilities. Yeah, and everyone, that's why we have this podcast so that you can learn from potentially the mistakes that we made and, you know, have an easier path towards law school. We're hoping that we can help. So sometimes you'll see we're going to tell you to do what we say and not, not what we did. Not, we, not, not yeah. what we did, exactly. Oh my goodness. Let's, let's move on because I think, um, and hopefully we got this across our last episode, both of us are what you might consider to be mature students. I think that is one of, that's like a terrible, I think that's a terrible name, uh, name for it. But what that means is that we didn't do the traditional, do your LSAT in your, the summer going into fourth year of undergrad, apply in the fall of undergrad, get into law school before you're even done undergrad, immediately go into law school. I would say that, at least in Canada, at least in Southern Ontario, uh, is a pretty part and parcel for the course for, for people who are really interested in going to law school. The two of us did, did not do that. Um, remind me, Sarah, what did what did you do? What did that process look like? Yes, yeah, so me, after graduating from uh, my psychology degree, I went to work full-time, and I'm going to have been working full-time for two years before uh, law school actually starts. And I actually think that being a mature student can be quite beneficial. For me, at least, it helped me solidify what I actually wanted to do. And so I think coming into law school, I'm going to be a lot more motivated and I kind of know exactly where I want to go. Whereas, at least from my experience, finishing my undergraduate degree, I wouldn't have been in the same mindset. Now, that's not to say that don't apply after your undergraduate degree, because it really depends on the individual person. I think that I needed that kind of outside real life experience before going into law school. But that doesn't mean that you're not going to be able to succeed or do very well if, if you go in directly. That is such a good point. I I did actually write the LSAT in the summer going into fourth year. I did apply to law school as well as to graduate schools um, in the fall of my fourth year, in the fall of my last year of undergrad. However, one of the reasons I didn't go to law school is because I knew for a fact I would be dealing with imposter syndrome. And we will talk about imposter syndrome later on. <laughs> that is not it. We do not have enough time in this episode to talk about imposter syndrome. But I knew for a fact that if I went straight into law school, it would be like high school mock trial all over again. I would immediately burn out. I would immediately feel really insecure about my abilities. I did not think that at 21 or 22, I could have taken myself seriously in, in that kind of position. A couple of years of graduate school later, I feel so much more confident. And if, if I may, I, I do want to share this little, um, this little experience I had. I, I was on this flight and the person that I sat next to, um, I got to chatting with them. And when I told them that I had gotten into U of T law and that I was um, at the time considering, you know, considering my options, considering whether or not I would be going, they told me that they were a partner at a very, very large law firm and that they were actually um, an engineer for, I think, a decade before they applied to law school. 
Um, and so they had a entirely different um, career, an entirely different experience. They worked hands-on in engineering. They met so many different people and they realized that one way for them to do engineering as well in a kind of different sense was to go to law school. And even though they were worried that they would be an imposter and not quite fit into that same space, right? Even though they took on a much more STEM-oriented kind of profession, they said that they don't regret it whatsoever. Immediately, they understood that by having this kind of experience um, as part of their toolkit, they were able to do much better in law than if they had just gone directly in from undergrad. And I found that to be um, probably the best conversation I've ever had on a flight. <laughs> I don't know about you, sometimes they can be a little a little much. So, um, and, I, and I found that to be the, the kick I needed to make that decision. Um, so really listeners, like if you, if you are dead set on going to law school straight after undergrad, please, please do. But if you aren't sure, if you want to try something else, if you want to take a gap year, if you want to spend some time working, if you want to go to graduate school in a completely different um, field, I think you should do that as well. Definitely. And if some of our listeners have been in the same career for years, this is just to show you that it's never too late to make the switch. We actually had someone during the open house also who was presenting, who was a current student at the law school, who was a dentist before. So honestly, that just, I feel, gives you a different perspective as a lawyer and can actually help out. Let's say the dentist, they can go into dental law. They can go into some other field of health law. or you And you're not restricted to that either. If you were in the healthcare field before, you can go into corporate law. You can go into family law. It doesn't matter. But you just bring a different perspective. And um, that's going to be great for not only the school, but also for your fellow students, because they're going to be able to learn so much from you. It's all about soft skills. Uh, a good professor that I worked with, um, their partner actually did an undergrad in music and then a master's in opera before going to law school. And uh, the professor told me that their partner th thought that the one great thing about doing that kind of really, really quite unconventional trajectory, in my opinion, was that they were, a, they were a fantastic listener. And I was like, you're right. I suppose doing many, many years in music makes you a really, really great listener. And I had never thought about that before. But again, perfect, experience, you know, perfect example. If you're in engineering, if you are in English, if you are in dentistry, if you are in music, if you're in kinesiology or or athletics by no means I think that's what's amazing about the North American system of law school is that you can have really a completely different career and then apply and go to law school um, there really isn't anything holding you back exactly and you'll be able to do very well and be successful as well thank you so much for listening to beyond the briefcase podcast next week we're going to be continuing our getting into law school series and we're going to be talking about the dreaded LSAT. Oh my goodness. You know, Sarah, how did you find that LSAT? Um, it was something. I can't say I enjoyed it like any standardized exam, but that doesn't mean that some of you may not enjoy it. Takes so. a special kind of person. Takes a special kind of person. If you like this episode, 
please rate, review, subscribe, share it with your friends. Check out our social media. Check out our Instagram at Beyond the Briefcase Podcast to keep in touch as well as to stay up to date with all of our upcoming episodes. This episode and going forward, we also want to give a special shout out and thank you to our wonderful producer Adam Green for managing all of the technology. I do not have the ability to do that, Sarah. Yeah, I think、uh, the quality of this podcast would be <laughs> a lot less. Let's just put it that different. way. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much, Adam, and thank you so much, listeners, for tuning in. I've been Meg. I've been Sarah. Bye.